Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on experiencing God in the small group. Um, I realized that I forgot to record um, lesson four at the end of last week, and so this is going to be a dual lesson. This is lesson four and five combined into one. There's not a ton of content to either lesson, uh, so I guess I chose the right set of lessons to do this with. Um, So uh, get your pen and your paper ready. Get ready to take some notes. We're going to cover some good information today, and I'm excited uh, to to hear how God is working on your heart and on your uh, spirit as you're taking this course. So give me some feedback. Um, I I want to hear what God's doing in your life and see if he's calling any of you to lead a small group uh, or if he's just urging you to join a small group and how this class is uh, forming you and, and making you ready for that. Let's open up with a word of prayer and then we'll get into lesson four. So, Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we do come before you and we thank you, Lord God, for all that you do for us. We thank you, Father, for the calling that you've placed in each one of our lives. Father, that we would uh, receive that call and run forward in obedience to your your will, Father. We pray, Lord God, that uh, as, as, as you minister into our spirits, that we would be receptive unto what you teach. Father, that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds just to know that you are God and to see what it is that you're bringing us to. Father, I do give you thanks, honor, and praise for all of this, for all of these people. Um, and, I, and I just pray, Lord God, that they would reap the, the, the bountiful blessing, this harvest, Lord God, of what it is that you're doing in them, that they would, that they would see fruit for their time spent in your word and and learning what it is that you have to say to them. So, Father, just bless them richly. In the name of Christ Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. So, uh, for lesson four, as we begin, we want to talk about what it means to, uh, to know and to be known. And so those are words that we've used kind of frequently in the past couple of lessons. And this is what... um, this, this is where I'm going to start this lesson. I want to ask you a question. And I want you to relate this question to your spiritual walk. I want you to relate this question to your knowledge of Scripture, um, to, to the things of God. Maybe maybe God's compelling you to, to apply this question to, um, you know the names of God, the attributes of God, whatever it might be, look at this question with spiritual eyes. Here it is. Is it enough to say we know? And I want you to think on that for a minute. Is it enough to say we know? You think about oftentimes when you're explaining something to someone, especially if they really don't want to hear it, what do you get? I know. I know. Yeah, I know. And you know, that's, that can, that can kind of bother some people. Sometimes, yeah, you do know, uh, what, what the person is saying to you and you don't really need it repeated, but is it enough when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to scripture, when it comes to God, is it enough to say we know? All right. So the goal of knowing is to know God's thoughts through the spirit, through the Holy Spirit. When we say we know something, and and this is especially in regards to scripture, in regards to our faith, in regards to God, 
We want to know God's thoughts. All right. Uh, and, and that brings us to the importance of why we practice journaling, why we seek God for a rhema word of what? Knowledge. Um, so, so the goal of knowing is to know God's thoughts through the Holy Spirit. So is it enough to say, we know? Or should we take that a step deeper and say, yeah, I know, but I know this much, and I want to know more, and so I'm taking it to God. All right, Scripture teaches us that we are known even at the inmost part of our being. That comes from Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. Um, be, you know, before God formed us, he knew us. He, he knew us so intently that, and, and created us so purposefully that he really knew who you would be before you were born. All right. So with this question in mind of, is it enough to say we know? This is my next question. How shall we know him? If God created us, and knew us at the inmost parts of our being, knit us together in our mother's wombs, knows the number of hairs upon our head, the number of breath, breaths that we will breathe in our lifetime. All right, then how shall we know him? Because obviously God wants us to know him, right? God wants us to be walking in obedience to his will, to his word. And so there's two things that I want to encourage you with today. I want to encourage you that in order to know God, we have to first practice obedience to the truth. All right? Um, that's, that's a great way to know God. Because what do we know about the truth? We know that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so if the name of Jesus is called the truth then we have an idea of how to walk in obedience to it. Because the truth is the word of God, the Holy Bible. We get that from John 1.1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All right? That, that tells us right there that Jesus became the word made flesh, dwelt among us, lived on this earth, and he, he walked the walk of man, all right? And yet said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Practice obedience to the truth. So if the Bible says do it, you do it. And if the Bible says don't touch it, you don't touch it. That's a great way to know God. And another great way to know God, and a lot of people have a really hard time with this, is be submissive to his Holy Spirit. All right? And, and here's my disclaimer on this. A lot of people have a very hard time being submissive to the Holy Spirit. The reason is, when the Holy Spirit moves, we ultimately are not in control, okay? We, we are wired in such a way that we like to have control of the situation that we're in. 
And so in order to be submissive, completely submissive to the Holy Spirit, we have to let go of that control. And we have to say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm just going to let this one be in your hands. I'm going to let go and I'm going to let you rule. I'm going to let you reign. I'm going to be submissive right now to your Holy Spirit. And I'm going to let you work on me. I'm going to let you do what you need to do, accomplish what you need to accomplish. Have your way in me. That is a great way to know God. That one takes a little bit more work than just practicing obedience to the truth. But here's the, here's the catch. When you practice obedience to the truth and you walk in such a way that you walk in obedience and in accordance with the word of God and you follow the guidelines laid out in the word and you really are practicing true obedience to the truth, the submission to the Holy Spirit actually becomes easier because as you practice the the obedience to the truth that you read in scripture, you find that you come to a place of, of just greater faith. And, and so it's, it just starts to become okay that you're not in control. And then, it, and then it becomes, all right, at this point, I don't even want to be in control. I want to just, I, I, I just want to see God move. And so you just let go and you say, yes, God reign. I choose to surrender unto you. All right? And and when you surrender unto him, something happens. And you know in your spirit. All right? And and this is this is a deep knowledge. You know in your spirit that you have been with the Lord. All right? Now in small groups, we face something that here we are again is a little bit difficult to deal with. Um we, we talk about being submissive to the Holy Spirit and how that results in our lack of control. We put everything into God's hands. It's not up to us. But in a small group where, where there's, you know, 10, 15 people, we have a really strong sense of accountability. Where if on Sunday morning you come into the church and there's, uh, you know, 50, 75, 100 300, 2,000, a large group of people, a large group of believers gathered together in worship, there's some accountability, but it's easy just to let go and say, God, I surrender unto you. And, and you know, if you're, uh, if you go up to the altar call at the end of the service because you need a touch from the Lord and, uh, you know, the, the, the pastor comes to you and says, what is it that you need prayed over? And you give him your prayer request and he places his hand upon your head and begins to pray and you are slain in the spirit. You fall out under the power of the Holy Ghost. You know what? Yeah, the whole church just saw you, but it's just okay with you because it was the whole church. And, and there was, you know, 17, 18, 19, maybe 90 other people at the altar. And, and so it's just okay. But when there's only eight of you in the room and somebody says, what do you need prayer for? Well, you might be the only one that says, oh, I have a prayer request. I need need you guys to lay hands on me and pray for me. I'm going through something. 
all right? So you face a strong sense of accountability. That accountability can make it a lot harder to open up. It can make it hard to be truthful. It can make it hard to be moved by the Spirit, make it hard to worship. And here's here's the kicker. This is the one that we have to get under the thumb and we have to do it quick. It makes it hard to allow for an experience. And you see, when we go into a small group, we have to allow room for an experience. Why? Because if we aren't experiencing God, well, then we're not submitting to him. We're not surrendering to him. We're not, we're not actually uh, being obedient to the truth because God longs for us to surrender, hand it all over and just say, God, be God, you know? So w- when you're in the small group, yes, there's that accountability factor and it's hard. It really is. Um, you know, you, you don't want to raise your hands because you're going to be the only one raising your hand during your, uh, you know, five minutes of worship. You don't want to, um, you know, pray too loud in the prayer circle because the person next to you might hear you speaking in tongues and you don't want them to hear you speaking in tongues. But listen, you want to allow for an experience with God. Because here's the thing, if you're holding yourself back from an experience with God because of the accountability, the chance is you're not the only one holding yourself back. And so this is where this course becomes um, a, a, a vital part of forming your mind. Because if you're leading the small group and, and you come and you say, all right, you know, group as we gather, we want to make sure that we allow an experience with God to to take place. Um, This is where you have the teaching opportunity. And you say, listen, I realize that accountability in this small, intimate group makes things a little bit more difficult. But if I hold myself back, I'm holding one of you back. And if you hold yourself back, you're holding somebody else back. And so what if there's eight people in the group and seven of you are holding yourselves back, but that one person showed up and they're going through an absolute mess and all they want is an experience with God that night. And seven of you said, no, no, I I have to keep composure. I have to, I have to maintain uh, this structure. And so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bend to this uh, th- this submission to the spirit. I I can feel God's presence around presence around us, but I, I don't think we need to uh, really dive deeper. I, th- I think that's enough. That one person got robbed of that experience that they so much needed. And so I want to encourage you today, if you are part of a small group or if you're leading a small group, either one, this is your teaching point. When you go into that small group, just make it known. Folks, other seven of you, other nine of you, however many there are, all of you listen. I'm not holding back tonight. When we, when we meet to study the word today, I'm not holding back. I want to experience God 
and I think somebody else wants to experience God, and so none of you should be holding back. I'm not going to hold back, and I'm not afraid, and, and you just be the leader and say, God wants to move in his children's life. All right? Allow that experience. This is the scripture that I want you to, to hold fast to whenever you get that opportunity uh, to, to lead your small group in that, in that thinking. Psalm 25 verse 5 says this, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Amen. And and if you if you make that your sincere prayer, I truly believe that that is a a true practice of obedience to the truth and I honestly believe that the more sincerely you pray that, the easier it will be to be submissive to the spirit. So that's what we need to cover for lesson 4. As we come over into lesson 5, we need to talk about the role of the mind and and